0: Welcome to episode 68 of the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. Proudly brought to you by H. Parsons Funeral Directors, an Australian family owned and operated funeral director serving the Illawarra since 1893. Firstly, I'd like to sincerely thank all the interviewees, listeners, and the football community of the Illawarra, Australia, Barcelona, Richardson and elsewhere around the world who download this podcast. Additionally, I'd like to say thank you to the brilliant people who contribute, comment, and reminisce on the social media pages. Steve Sowry is our interviewee in episode 68. Born in Seacroft, Leeds, in the United Kingdom in 1951, Steve enjoyed listening to football on the radio, watching his father play the game, and playing goalkeeper for his primary and high schools. In 1962, his family emigrated to Australia and it is here where his football journey in Oz began. We explore his time at Bowgownie Hostel Junior Soccer Club, going from goalkeeper to striker and playing for the Hostel senior team. Additionally, we examine his time at the German-influenced North Wollongong Soccer Club, Fig Tree Soccer Club, Fairy Meadow United Soccer Club, and finally the remainder of his football career with Victory Soccer Club as a player and as a coach. It was absolutely brilliant listening to Steve recalling his footballing journey, especially when we delve into his thoughts on former teammates, games played, coaches and opponents. I sincerely thank and appreciate the time Steve took in recording this episode. Please enjoy episode 68. Welcome, everybody, to the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. I'm out in the beautiful surrounds of Penrose, or I think it's now classified as Avondale, and I'm here with a very, very special guest in Steve Sowery. Steve, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, pleasure to be here. Uh,
0: Let's uh, go to the start of your uh, football journey. Uh, It's in the United Kingdom. Can you tell the listener where you were born and, and what your first memories of football were?
1: Yeah, I was uh, born in a little town called Seacroft, Leeds. Really, my first memories of football were listening to the Tottenham Hosper team on radio and a couple of epic games they played against Duke La Prague, Barcelona, and I can virtually name the uh, Spurs team. Uh, Dave Mackay, Danny Blanchflower, but my, my hero was uh, the striker, Jimmy Greaves. Uh-huh. Um, started playing for my, my school as a goalkeeper. Uh, I would have been 11 years old. I don't know why goalkeeper, maybe I put my hand up and volunteered. But uh, my highlight in that game was saving a penalty uh, in, a, in a, a pretty important game and I got a, a mention at school assembly and a standing oh, ovation <laughs> so uh yeah, the only difference really in in the in the soccer over there was that it was school, there was no clubs like Balambi or fig tree, it yep. was all all school soccer,
0: and we're talking here in the mid to late fifties
1: uh yes, yeah, yeah,
0: yep. and so you you moved on uh, from your primary school and then you continued to play it at your high school as well?
1: Yes, yes, Um, as a goalkeeper still. I can't recall too much about about the high school apart from the weather, like playing with the old-fashioned balls with laces and they got waterlogged in the snow. Uh, Yeah, uh, we had a shirt that alternated, and if you turned it inside out, it became a rugby union shirt. Ah, okay. So one side was soccer. Uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, we, we weren't there all that long before we came to uh, Australia.
0: And before you came out to Australia, did you have uh, any uh, interaction with live games and going to the football?
1: Uh, I used to watch my dad. Yep, My dad was my hero, but looking back on it, he was a pretty crap player. <laughs> but it was like the, the Sunday local league Okay. Um, I, I I watched Leeds United in second division maybe once. Yep. But they had a um, a living legend called John Charles who was playing with them at the time, a Welshman. But yeah, I was more interested in just watching other school teams play. Yep. And uh, but I had this this desire uh, Tottenham uh, Spurs Tottenham Hotspur.
0: And uh, for yourself as it must have been for a lot of children that that did come out to Australia, was it a hard, hard sort of transition for yourself? For kids? No. Or did you, um, were you looking forward to it and saw it as an adventure?
1: Big adventure. Yeah, big adventure.
0: So you you came out to Australia in, in 62, and you, you were at Bradfield Park Hostel, um, which is near Chatswood. Linfield. Linfield? Yeah. So... What did you think of it when you first came out here, and um, how long before you sort of were kicking a ball, or picking up the ball as a goalkeeper for the hostel?
1: Coming out to to Australia, I mean, after living in the snow and locked down, you know, because of weather in England, and and coming out here, mate, and then to be chased in lizards and snakes and all that type of stuff, and. Uh, yeah but it was the 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 football was a um, where kids got together and um i don't remember too much because we we weren't on that hostel for all that long okay. before we moved down to belgeni but uh remember playing against gordon and artiman and teams like that uh that was for for Chatswood, uh high school, school actually yeah yeah.
0: and so um when you do go and and move to another country or even to other areas it's always a, a hard transition sometimes but did sport make that a bit easier? Uh,
1: sport did. Um, I'd say the transition was more on the parents. Kids liked yeah. it. I mean the kids were and then all of a sudden you play my first friends on, on the hostel were Germans. I'd never met Germans in my life uh, and there's a hell of a lot of Spanish there so it's different nationalities all getting together and I know it was the... Uh, it would be forbidden nowadays, but it was wogs versus yep. <laughs> versus Palms, you yep. know, in, in, in the hostel. And then we all got together to play for the hostel. It was, it was great, yeah. And so
0: shortly after, you then came down to the Illawarra and to Bowgownie Hostel. Bowgownie, yep. So what are your re- recollections of uh, Bowgownie Hostel and, and where it was situated?
1: Oh, wow. The beach on one side, <laughs> the, the creeks where I learned how to fish. And wake school, and <laughs> it was a pretty, pretty, pretty tough place. I mean, there, uh, yeah, you, you you grew up pretty hard because you had to look after yourself and avoid the bullies and, <laughs> and all that. But uh, yeah, it was great. The football was a bonding thing.
0: And for the 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 hostel had its own junior soccer club, and it had a senior team as well, which we'll talk about. But with the the Bowgani Hostel team uh, on where things are currently situated. Where was the
1: ground? The ground was um, down the southern end. There yeah. used to be the six blocks. Uh, the Fairy Meadow Creek used to run around that area, and yeah. then there was a the polo field. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the, the the soccer field, a polo field, and then where they built Brandon Park. Okay. Yeah, so it was at the back of the yeah. It's all university complex now, and uh, yeah, but we we were there recently just on a on a on a sightseeing thing to you know brought back all memories and, and where the ground used to be. So
0: was it closer to where yeah. um, uh, sort of close to the mountains and down south? Where no, no, no.
1: It was adjacent to Squires Road. I think it is the yep. the road that runs down to Stewart's Park. Okay. Yeah, you could actually stand on the road and watch the games oh, wow. down there. Yeah.
0: And so, what are your first memories of Bowgownie Hostel Junior Soccer Club then?
1: Well, it was something you looked forward to. It, but you know, sat down playing playing soccer and uh, gala day. Yep. Gala day, mate, was the 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 event of the year. You'd spend a couple of days polishing your boots and. <laughs> Uh, putting in new laces and learning how to march, and I don't remember how many games we won. I don't think we won a game at Gala Day, but we were a pretty, pretty rough team. But I mean, half the team couldn't speak English because they were Spanish, yep. you know. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah. But it was just that mateship, that that um, you know, 12-year-old, 13-year-old playing with your mates, and and uh, yeah. <laughs> And the the colours of uh, the Hostel? They were supposed to be tangerine, right? but they'd been used that much, they were like a a rotten pinky colour. (laughs) The ones I can recall, yeah. I don't think they had a badge, I'm not sure. And when you first uh,
0: started playing with the under-12s, were you still in goals at that point?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: And were you still enjoying it there, or, or even at that point did you think, well... Maybe I should have a crack at a field, or no, that didn't come till later
1: on. Till about fourteen to thirteen or fourteens. Yeah. But uh, I mean, you didn't get wrapped up in in football. There was too many other things to do. I mean, you know, the beach, the the you know, for kids that have come from a different climate. Uh, but um, yeah, it was something that that you know, it's something to do on a Saturday. Yep. sort of. So it wasn't a real
0: big passion, but no, y- no, you enjoyed no. it. Oh yeah, yeah. But like you said, um, and we'll talk about your your nickname, Lobster, <laughs> later on. But you really do have a love for fishing. Did you have that oh, before in the no. UK, or was it no. was it really because of only, the, only where only... the hostel was situated that yeah, drew you yeah. into?
1: I think I'm, I, when we moved up to Bradfield Park Hostel, it was pretty close to the the Lane Cove River. Uh, no fishing there. but I saw a couple of guys walk into the hostel with fish they'd caught but I'd always been sort of interested moving down to um, the Illawarra that close to Wollongong Harbour Fairy Creek, the beach oh yeah, that's when I started fishing full time I actually used to wag school to go fishing (laughs) and at school they called me the fishmonger (laughs) (laughs) Well, you
0: played uh, for the Hostel team in under-12s, 13s, 14s, 15s. Um, are there any sort of fellow or former teammates or, or coaches that you re-
1: remember at the
0: club, and, and, and who were they?
1: Unfortunately, the first coach that we had, his, his surname was Hicks. Uh, that might have been under-13s so or twelve, and his wife got killed. Um, she got hit by a train at Ferry Meadow railway station, right. which devastated the kids in his team. Yeah. You know, because I think he just quit and ended up going back to, um, to England. Uh, coaches, the, the, the fellow that does stand out in my mind is old Dick Townsend.
0: Yeah, tell us a bit what you remember about Dick.
1: Well, with Dick, he, he was brown as a berry, a, a full on little Aussie bloke. He always smelled of cigarette smoke and liniment. Yeah, you know, and uh, he was a he was a skip of the hostel, which meant he was in charge of the recreation and all the sport and teams and uh, some of the players that I remember playing with was a, a fellow that ended up having a pretty good career with Berkeley, Eugene McConville, okay, Danny Bentley who okay. played for Berkeley. Joe Marino, uh, we're all Wanderers. You yep. know, he, he ended up coaching Wanderers uh, for quite some years, and um, yeah, um, that's um, th- that's about it with those. But the, the guys on the committee—I don't think there was a committee or anything like that, just... that that I can remember. It was Skip. the old Skip. The old Dick used to, uh, and then later on, uh, when I started to. Play grade and that old old uh, Dick used to approach me, try to get me to play for. I think it was Tar- Tarawana or, or Balgowney, one mm-hmm. of them, one of them, yeah. And
0: so um, later on, you did learn that he was, uh, or was it at the time that you knew he was a strapper, for, or no, a strapper no, for? he
1: didn't, he didn't beat his own drum, or what, you know what, what I can recall. You, you just know, found my, that out later on. About
0: found it out, yeah, yeah. So you, you played your junior. Soccer there with the hostel, and and then after that, um, you then played a, a year or two with the senior team.
1: Yeah, the senior team was sort of the thing just thrown together. Right. Um, we actually um, didn't have a team in a comp at the time, but we we there was one fella trying to get a I I forget his name, but he he, he organized the team, uh, and I, but. At this stage, I'm playing on the field. Yep. I've I've come out of goals, and uh, I finished my, I'd say, under-15s playing on the field. And I, I was crap, yep. you know. I was very, very average. But then I, I just started to get, you know, uh, develop and uh, enjoy the game more. And uh, I actually joined this team, and we entered a businessman's knockout. Right and we won we beat a team called stewart and lloyds in the the final we didn't have any strip plain strip i think it was just wearing sh- t-shirts or something yep. so what we did we uh, we had it with the trophy that we won we went around the door knocked around the hostel asking for donations so we could buy shirts and what we bought were the the uh Bonds white <laughs> and we all managed to get a pair of dark blue or black shorts and, and, and basically looked like the England colours yep. uh, but it was a pretty rough team but, but mate uh, yeah it, we had good times and uh, and uh, I think we won that comp too that year
0: yeah. you also said in your timeline around 66 and 67 that um, uh, Phil Murphy's father um, who lived around the corner from the hostel yes um, yes Uh, he'd seen you play or heard about you and and in this sort of senior hostile men's team that you're playing with and suggested you uh, trial for Bow Gowney. So uh, can you tell us about...
1: No, I I was playing on the field. He wanted me as a goalkeeper. He'd seen me play as a junior goalkeeper. Okay. And uh, because he, you know, I I dare say that he'd have been... I didn't know who Phil Murphy was in those days. I knew... uh, his young brother, Robin, he was a yep. friend of mine. But I think the dad must have seen me play a couple of games on the hostel. Keeper, uh, yeah. So yes, I remember having a trial up at Duty Masters against Marconi. And uh, we got beat 4-0. The only player I recall that played in that team was a Del Santo. Yep. Richie Del Santo I knew from school, it might have been his older brother. Right. We got beat 4-0 and there was a, an ethnic fella behind the goals giving me advice all through the game, and I felt like turning around and going, shut up. <laughs> and then I do remember one save I made, which I tipped over the crossbar, and I could hear, bravo, bravo. And and, uh, and I don't know why, after that, I just I lost interest in playing in goals. Yep. And so um, if
0: you had... Still, that I guess desire, do you think you could have followed through? Because Baogiani at that time were in the federation, yeah. So, do you think you had the talent to potentially go a little bit further? I as did, deeper?
1: I did, yeah, definitely. Because my uncle said you should go back home and have a try for Leeds United boys, right? There, there were no rep teams as far as I can tell back then, and a couple of years later somebody was saying you should get Steve Sowery to go and play for Bell Gowney. And, and the old Murphy said, no, nah, I'd only take him as a goalkeeper. <laughs> and uh, that, that's before I saw it, you know. Yeah. I, I just started to, you know, score a few goals. And that. <laughs> no, I don't really regret it about not, you Continue know,
0: on as a goalkeeper.
1: Yeah, well, even missing out on Federation because I wasn't all that motivated at that time. And yeah. I guess that was part of my makeup. That take it all in, but you know.
0: So you're uh, sort of mid sixties. You're around 15, 16 yep, yep. odd. So um, how did you, even though um, I guess maybe the standard wasn't there, but you, like you said, as an outfield player, you're still developing. Uh, were you a bigger kid because you're playing against men?
1: No, I was a long streak, <laughs> skinny streak. <laughs> And uh, But the thing that I, I will say, I was extremely fast. Yep. And I seemed to develop an instinct to be where the ball was going to be around the goal mouth, which helped me later on, like a poacher. Yep. You know, if the goalkeeper saved the shot, I was always there to tap in the rebound. Mm-hmm. But I had this, this sort of instinct. Um, and the game that comes to light was the game against the army. Tell
0: us a bit more about that because you were playing in this businessman's competition. Yeah. And then the army had a team, and.
1: I don't know how, they weren't in our comp, but for some reason we got picked to play against the army, and it was at Balgauny. It was Judy Masters Oval. Yeah. And we beat them 4 0. And I, I, I remember I just. I, I, <laughs> I scored a couple of screamers. <laughs> um, you know, long red shots, and, uh, you know, I don't know. It was. I, <laughs> because I started to score even in the hostel team I started to score uh, uh, quite a few goals and, and plus with my long skinny height and that I was pretty good at getting up and, and using the head as well and heading
0: So uh, after that game and, and scoring those goals um, uh, what happened from there?
1: Well I didn't find this out till later on but Barry Scott was the referee
0: and a name that um, you know people that are listening uh, of an older generation would know of uh, Barry of Barry, yeah, yeah.
1: Barry and, and Tommy the the brother and apparently Barry Scott uh, contacted a fellow called Cole Coop yeah. uh, who had something to do with the uh, the management of Gong. Of and then not long after that he came knocking on our door at Ferry Meadow. And the funny part about it is that we had moved off the hostel and we'd built a house on Carters Lane, which yeah. overlooked right where Gong played on Dalton Park. Okay. And uh, so I'd actually watched them half heartedly a couple of times, seen this team, you know, over the road and anyway, it was um Call came knocking on the door and um, and said, "Would you be interested in having a trial with with North Wollongong and my dad is doing all the talking and <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes he will he he in he the big yorkshire accent and uh, so I, I, I had a, went and had a trial
0: so North Wollongong uh, we're talking uh, uh, late sixties what do you remember about going over there you, you said there their training and their home ground was at north uh, dalton park mm-hmm. um, and and they were a German club oh yes so can you sort of like i said you' i've been in the country for a few years now at this point in time, mm-hmm. and whether it be at Bradfield or Baughey, you've spent a lot of time with different uh, ethnicities, so you were comfortable but um, mm-hmm. tell us a bit about the club because on on this podcast we I think it's been mentioned once or twice, but we haven't really heard too much about uh, North Wollongong, the German club. And, and in the 30s and 40s, it was a, a very successful club in the Illawarra with the Isdales and, and the Lear So um, tell us a bit more. And what was their full name?
1: North Wollongong, Alemania. Yep. And the one thing I remember about North Gong was they taught me how to drink. <laughs> they loved a... Uh, As a football team, they were pretty average, but they loved to drink. They're social. We didn't have a a, a place where we went after a game, it could have been the Cabbage Tree, but they did regularly have German dancers at Warrawong Community Hall and Dapto Hall, and oh my god, they were big occasions, and it was drink, drink, and... (laughs) (laughs) They also had a trip every year to Thurlmere to, um, Lakes right? and all I can remember about that is in somebody's Volkswagen drunk in the back, <laughs> they, they love to drink, but um, yeah.
0: Because <laughs> you were, I guess, underage then and, and we're talking oh, yeah. <laughs> late 60s and, and sort of around that 16, 17, yeah. 18 mark, so you're sort of coming of age. Um, in terms of the football on the field, you, you said you weren't good. So what do you remember about your first year there in terms of the coach?
1: The coach was, the, um, the I recall, a, a, the only Australian bloke, I think, in the team uh, called Steve Simpson. I, I know the guy went to uni or something. Uh, I remember playing a game, the first grade game against Worilla Wanderers and running down the sideline. And and Wanderers used to have a pretty good support. Yeah. Uh, All Spaniards, and they all, you know, hugged the sideline, drinking out of their um, good, whatever, full of wine, and, you know, they'd be half shot. And I remember running down the sideline and getting spat on. (laughs) It was like... (laughs) And I think that's where I scored my first goal for... um, Oh, apart from the trial game against we're really United.
0: Yeah, because I, I guess that's where, um, and I've jumped over that, and I apologise, but that was sort of a, uh, I guess, a big moment for you uh, oh, being yeah. recognised yeah. by them because yeah. you scored four goals, four goals uh, in a, yeah, a five-nil yeah. win, and then backed up in first grade and scored got both a couple there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so obviously they were impressed and signed you, but then um, things changed because you were in the first division,
1: weren't you? Yes, yeah. Which was the top tier at that That, point in the IDSA comp. Yep, yep.
0: Any other players in in the team that you remember from the North? Oh, I remember Heiner Stein
1: and uh, we had a big centre-half called Emil Heider. He was massive and big. Every team in those days had a big, ferocious centre-half. Yeah. And and, And he uh, was He was ours, yeah, big Emil. And, uh, yeah, but it was... It, it was basically all German, yeah.
0: And in terms of the football, where were you playing and, and what sort of game did they play?
1: I was playing on the wing. Uh, I'd say that it was five forwards back then, five, yes. yeah. And uh, they used to play in the... Um, I don't know what team they were based on, but they played in black and white stripes. Right, with collars, and I think they even had the old uh, laces in the in the collar. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, black. I think it was black, black or white shorts, and black and white socks. But uh, and then we got a new strip, which was more like the West German national team. the all white, and I love yeah. that strip. the all white and black. Uh, the old uh, black and white stripes is a bit bit tatty. <laughs> and. Uh, in terms of
0: home games did they have have much of a following like you spoke of rural wanderers having a great following did the the german club have much of a following
1: they didn't have a massive following but they you know they 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 had enough um yeah but what they made up for maybe in lack of numbers was um, was noise yeah yeah the big german voices sarah <laughs> And and what about
0: uh, any committee guys that sort of spring to mind in the years that you had there?
1: Oh, yeah, well, Cole Coop, obviously, was one. Yep. Uh, Harry Paul. Uh Freddie Pompey. Yep. Herbie Stilk.
0: Yeah, who had the service station.
1: Yes, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. And I think he's still got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the one called the barber. Had a barber shop up um, the top of Kira Street. Irwin a and um, yeah, they were they were in that that first uh, yeah. So it was
0: sixty nine that we're talking here, and, and so you're, uh, I guess you're learning your trade, and and you're not, I guess, too far removed from being a goalkeeper. You're probably three three odd years as as an outfield player, so you're still learning, but you're playing in the top division. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, was it difficult for yourself when you look back on it?
1: Well. You think back and you you, you think about the Balambi, um, the Blambi teams with um, Fritzy Hebben and uh, Klaus Weenig. They were hard, yep. hard guys. And but EPT, yeah, they they were the one team that I, I think I had seen before. But they had Bill Harley uh, as a centre back, and uh, he was he was hard. But I used to be a smart-ass. I'd just say, catch me if you can, and, and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do remember one game. I think the goalkeeper was Walter Tishkan, I think. Yep. Northern Suburbs were in the comp. Yep. He was the goalkeeper. And he had the ball, and I went up to sort of, you know, stand in front of him and that. And as he threw the ball out, he hit me on purpose, and, he, and I saw stars. Wow. Yeah, you know, it hurt. And I thought, I'm not going to you again, mate. That's, that's it.
0: <laughs> well, uh, people would uh, clearly know. Yeah, that
1: hard, 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 you know, very hard uh, Federation
0: goalkeeper and had um, a committee guy with ferry Meadow. Ferry Meadow, on. that's right, yeah, yeah. For yourself, um, you were playing against, like you said, the EPTs, Rilla Wanderers, Northern Suburbs and Balambis and, and the Bulleye Workers who were... Yeah. A strong team yeah. at the time, so I guess you had to. You were learning on the job, so oh, to speak. Oh, yes, yes,
1: yep. Baptism by fire. <laughs>
0: and, and being a young bloke as well, I guess you, um, you spoke of it earlier on, that you had instincts of where to be on the pitch. Mm. Do you think that that was just born inside you, or, or do you think you picked it up somewhere by listening and watching a bit of football?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd started to become interested in Leeds United. Yep. And I based my game on uh, on my all-time favourites. Well, I'd say just after Jimmy Greaves, yeah, Alan Clark, wow. that played for Leeds United. Sniffed, sniffed I think, with his yep. nickname, because he could sniff a goal. So I, I liked the way that he was... He might have been playing for another club at that time. Yep. Before, but he was a player pretty similar build long and gangly and it just sort of came naturally it was it was nothing I worked on but I I know I did have a pretty explosive uh, burst of speed over a short distance which and I could sort of anticipate uh, you know which um, which made it easier uh, which and also avoided me getting crunched a, a lot of times
0: you were saying there that North Wollongong were a struggling team, so you're now near, near the bottom of the table. Um, uh, did they pay any players? No, no. They were just a German team Paid in the you top in Yep. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of that year, and, and then we're going into the 1970 mm-hmm. season, there was a merger between North Wollongong mm-hmm. and, and the Fig Tree Junior team. Yep. Um, uh, although being a, a younger guy, um, and you probably didn't... I guess notice things or things happening, um, you were always going to stick around and then when you turn up to training the next year for pre-season, is it at North Wollongong, is it at Dalton Park or uh, have they moved to fixture? The word
1: word going around was that we had to um, merge with a junior club or get kicked out. Right. Okay, and I think that could have also applied to Northern Suburbs. Yep. Because all the other... Te- oh, Andy, well, I don't know about EPT. Right. They didn't have... But, yeah, we had to merge. And the funny thing is that I heard a story that they were going to approach Fairy Meadow Hostel. It was right. Fairy Meadow at that stage. Yes. It had gone from Belgium. Right. And uh, Fairy Meadow knocked them back. Right. So I don't know how the transition came with Fig Tree, but that was a word. It would have been in the off-season... With me off season was stuff, soccer, yep. <laughs> fishing, uh, music, you know. So uh, I guess I would have heard, of, you know, heard of it from somewhere that uh, yeah, we, we've amalgamated with Victory Juniors, and I knew nothing about Victory. So it.
0: it- when you turned up next season, were you still playing and training at Dalton Park, or or had it moved to Figtree? No,
1: we were playing at Harry Graham Park. We trained, okay. yeah. It was there. only that one year that I was at uh, Dalton Park with Dalton Park. North Wollongong.
0: And I think from uh, Neville Arrowsmith's uh, uh, book, "A uh, Hundred Years in Incomplete History," he he had it from uh, the minutes that that first year it was called North Wollongong Figtree Soccer Club.
1: Wollongong uh, Figtree North Wollongong, I think okay. it was. Yep, yep. And so
0: did they play in the South Coast United Colours in that first yes, year, red, the, red, the black, black shorts and the, the red yeah. shirts?
1: Red shirts, black black shorts, red socks, yeah.
0: And what do you uh, recall of of that, I guess that first year of a merged, merged club? Uh, was it pretty much yes. the same or, and it was just a different, I guess, place where you played?
1: There was still a big German influence. There was still yeah. a lot of the German... Um,
0: Committee guys and supports. Committee,
1: yeah, but they they'd, uh, joined up with the, the, the fig tree committee guys. Yep. Um, so I didn't know too much about the committee and uh, all that, but player-wise, um, we started to get a few more English. Yep. Yeah, there was a lot of English that uh, started to come there, but I also, with hanging around the hostel, uh, okay. because we, we we moved next to the hostel... I still hung around Mm, there. And so a lot of my my friends were playing, had come over from England. One of them was a bloke called Jim McCullum, who is my friend, who I took down to Fig Tree that year and became a Fig Tree player. So we were getting that, you know, English uh, along with the Germans. Now, a funny story is, another Fig Tree legend that we got was a big fella called Jimmy Hurdley. yeah, Big Jim. Now, he was... um, working at the steelworks uh he was an ex-army bloke everybody in those days had long hair old jimmy had the old army haircut and he was about <laughs> six foot nine wow and anyway um, he was recommended to fig tree by a fellow called harry pole who was a german and as he's running around uh first training night i just went up to him and said oh mate do you speak english Oh, and he went, oh, in an English accent, It's a bully oath ought to do. Because <laughs> I thought he was a German. <laughs> and, uh, so we started to get more, yeah.
0: And you had a Hungarian coach. Uh, mm. Who was he, and, and what do you recall of him? Uh, I don't him?
1: recall too much of Mick Deak. He was a, I don't know, what they call him, a, uh authoritarian or whatever, uh, <laughs> you know. authoritarian. Yeah, 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 yeah. But... Um, no, I don't remember too much about Mick, to tell you the truth. Um, and
0: then you you spent um, the next uh, two years there, um, seventy and seventy one, with this new, I guess, merged entity, which I think yeah, became. Yeah, well, I had two, two, 71.
1: 70, 71, I was a, yeah fig tree. Yeah.
0: So um, you're enjoying your your football then, and still oh, playing in yeah. that sort of wing position and
1: striker wing. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah.
0: Because in that that era, and and you've mentioned some of these clubs before, you know the Bulli Workers, the Blampy, the Coromandel Rangers. Um, although playing in the games, were you, who were your some of your opponents, and and who were some of the other guys that you'd see at the other end of the field that you sort of enjoyed watching.
1: Well, my first bloke that I was really impressed with was a fella called uh, Steve Homoki from EPT. Yep, he was a tall, rangy. Uh, striker uh eddie mullen uh, i think he was with Unanderra, then maybe berkeley he yep. was an elegant uh, elegant sort of uh, midfielder uh paul landrigan yeah paulie landrigan mate he was he was one of the um, the, the the hostile uh, era but there were two players that stood out as juniors one was Derek black Yep. Who played for Berkeley Hostel? He was a kid superstar. And Paul Landrigan was the other fellow that played um, for Tarawana. So there were those guys uh, Tommy Kaye, yep. the Scots bloke from Dapto, uh, Rodney Luck yeah. from Helensburg, Helensburg yeah. Lucky, yeah. Dennis Morris from, from, uh, from Dapto, uh, Berkeley. Yeah, a lot of the Berkeley players. Um, Johnny Vierhoff, he was a hard little bugger, and <laughs> Stuart Conlon. But yeah, yeah, there were some damn good... And then Robert Banks, of course, and old Banksy and Steve Worthington and Butchie Baker from Bulleye. And, you know, there were some damn good players. They and were some when you good. talk
0: about uh, Landrigan, uh, what made him a, a very good player?
1: Don't know. <laughs> he was a little bugger. He was a little bugger, but he had the skills. And, uh, yeah. and the other player that was... In my mind, one of the best that came from down here and became a very good friend of mine was Larry Gaffney. Right. Gaffers was, uh, was, was a top bloke and a top... The only bloke, I think, that this is a personal opinion, that yep. came pretty close to him skill-wise, or maybe even, you know, better, was Phil Brown. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's a big compliment.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Bingham, later on Bingham, uh, didn't play against him much, but, yeah, there were some good players. Oh, my God. Strikers and...
0: (laughs) 71, um, uh, Fig Tree had um, uh, a young coach, I believe he was at the time, Paul Henry. Yeah, another hard man, yeah. So, um, uh, unusual at the time that a a younger guy, and, and he was playing, he was a player coach as well. Yeah. So, was it a bit weird, I guess, that year having a... I guess a really young coach and a, a younger guy that was playing as well.
1: Yeah, well, I think Paul had just come from. Uh, no, he was there that first year. I, I think we might have uh, had some drama with Mick Deak. I'm not sure, but right. uh, because I I became captain all of a sudden, and I was okay. never a captain in my you know, but it was sort of a it was a funny thing, yeah, because Paul was a young maybe nobody else applied. I I don't really know, but. Mick just had the one year, and then, then we had Paul. And that year, um, I
0: think you, you were saying in your timeline you might have narrowly missed out on your, on the top four. Um, obviously, playing this captain here and there and, and then developing your game more, um, it seemed strange to me initially when I saw uh, that in 72 you uh, joined Fairy Meadow.
1: yes. Yes, <laughs> big, big So,
0: what brought about that change? Um, because, like, you, now that I understand that you're at the hostel and North Wongong, the German club, played at Dalton Park, I can understand why you joined there and then they merged with Victory. I can understand that. But the move back to, to Ferry Meadow, who were playing at Dalton Park yes, at that point yep. in time. And yeah,
1: well, I could virtually watch them from my lounge room right because they'd moved the ground from further over in dalton park to dead set across the road right but with my hanging around the hostel and bumming around fairy meadow and yep. i knew this young kid and his father or rocco they called him his father was had something to do with fairy meadow and i was always at uh, rocco's house and that's when i played for my first year with figgy and, and north gong and uh the old man, I forget, Enrico or something like that, yeah. Saviero yeah. and Titch is his, um, his young brother. Uh, he was on the committee, but the old fella mate, he was like Mafia. He was, um, you know, Steve, you, you'll play fairy metal. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, because of the proximity to home, but also they promised me the world. Right. They promised me this and that, and, you know, money and.
0: Because I guess um, they'd just come out of the, uh, the, the first second year. tier, yep. and the they're in the, in the first division yep. now. And, yep. and really, by that time in, in seventy-two, you're pretty much you're a first grader. You, I'm getting chased by other clubs, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. so there was that friendship that, that brought about it, and then
1: and, uh, and the promises and the, the proximity to, to walk across the road to training. Yep. yeah, training games. And what do
0: you remember of uh, of '72 uh, and, mm. and and what happened that year and, and who was coach who was playing and, and what
1: happened? Norm Flanagan was the coach, right? He just come from uh, Safeway, I think it was, and uh, um, we had some bloody good players. Yeah, you know, Ray O'Fen, uh, Miller, Kevin, Smee, Curry. Uh, Kevin Carr. Smith, Phil Carr himself, yeah, Mick Grant, uh, yeah, and um, Herman Egbers as well. Herman Egbers, yeah, uh, and um, Richie Dal I think, yeah. was there. Yeah, we we have, but we just we'd be brilliant one week, right, and we'd be we'd be crap the next week, and uh, I just couldn't put my. There, there are another, you know. I got into a lot of trouble at Fairy Meadow with, with drinking and, you know, <laughs> stuff like that after. And, it, you know, it's something I'll, be, I'll put my hand up and say, you know. It, but I didn't feel settled somehow. Right. I didn't feel... The, the, the supporters were fickle. They, the funny thing is, they, they started calling me Gigi. And I thought, what's this Gigi? B-? And I found out it was uh, Gigi Rivera, the famous Italian striker that they right. nicknamed me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> because they played in the Inter Milan Colors, yeah, blue, uh, blue, blue, and blue and black. But you'd win a game and you'd go to the back to the fraternity club and they'd be all over you, you know, and you lost the game, they wouldn't want to know you. Right. You know, it was... And I, I had an incident there which, which made the papers where uh, one of the supporters uh, gave me a cigarette because actually a lot of players had, a, had the odd Derry back in yeah. them days and I was stricken one of them. And he gave me a cigarette and it had a little bunger inside it and it blew up in my face. Wow. And I ended up, Phil Carr ended up having to take me to Bulleye Hospital to get it <laughs> patched up. Just stupid, crazy things like that. So one of your own supporters. <laughs> now, yeah, and, and he, his name was, oh, Nick Xavier. He was a Greek, uh, Greek, Greek or... Oh, we called him Yashin because he'd always hang around training, want to go in goals, and if you wanted shooting practice, old Yashin would be... He was crazy. He was a loose cannon. Wow. And actually, we had to front the management, uh, the the manager of the pub, uh, of the of the club, uh, and and when he suspended this, this Nick guy, he, he tried to throttle, tried to strangle the manager, and I had to pull him off. The... <laughs> but just incidents like that, they were, you know, it was... I don't know. It was unsettling. And in terms of the
0: crowds, uh, they had a following as well? They right? had a fair following, yeah, uh, What sort
1: of... Are we talking
0: 500 to 1,000 would potentially turn up a dot uh, and hard? I'd
1: say, yeah, 500, yeah. yeah. Itali- mainly Italians, yeah,
0: yeah. But like you said, a, a team that, on paper, was very strong but just couldn't be consistent.
1: Couldn't, exactly. Consistency. Consistency was the, was, was the word for that team. And I, I just didn't feel settled. I didn't feel... You know, I, I, I do recall I scored quite a few goals that that season as well. I can't say how many, but, yeah. you know, I do remember scoring quite a few. And, and in terms
0: of some of your your teammates that you played with, uh, although the consistency wasn't there as a team, was there yeah. some blokes that you sort of enjoyed playing with oh, you yes, could see yes. their talent? And, and Kevin he, Smead. Yeah?
1: Kevin Smead, yeah. And Beautiful what guy, of, What midfielder. sort of player
0: was he... What was his strength as a player?
1: Uh, reading the game, uh, work, work rate, right. just a, a skillful player. You know, he set a lot of goals up for me. You know, we had a pretty good understanding. Um, I don't recall much about too many of the other. Who, I think Fl- Norm, Norm Flanagan was good to play with because he. So he, he was, was player coach. Up, he, he was player coach. He was playing up front. Yeah, me and Phil Carr used to be have some sessions, oh, <laughs> drinking sessions. He, did, he led me astray, Kari. <laughs> and,
0: and in terms of Norm, uh, I guess he would have been in his infancy as a coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he was just developing then, or could you see, even at that early stage, that he was going to become a successful coach?
1: Uh, I used to watch Norm play for... You know, and I was impressed with this play. So anybody that's played for Safeway or, or South Coast United. Yeah. yeah uh, it was it was great to be you know, and Phil Carr. I used to watch Carrie play yeah. for South Coast United. So, um you know, it was a privilege to play with him, you know, and yeah. you you did learn things from guys and they'd give you, you you know, they'd give you advice and uh yeah, it was it was good. It was and Nor- and plus Norm's a, a beautiful guy, yeah. funny bugger. <laughs>
0: Um, You spoke about uh, Fairy Meadow and you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to but uh, they promised you the world was that in terms of uh, payment for games as well or goals
1: scored? Yeah payment but the thing that really stuck in my craw was that I got injured uh, playing against Coromal Rangers uh, at Dalton Park and I got carted off to hospital now the funny thing is while I'm in hospital, I thought it, they thought it was a broken leg. They put an a airbag and everything on yep. my leg. While I'm waiting in uh, in hospital, in comes another trolley. And Ray Orphan's on that with his man shirt on. And suddenly said, Jesus, man must be having a, a hard game. <laughs> and then I think, later, Phil Cobb, So the three players all got stretched <laughs> off. Now, the downside of that was that I... Luckily, it turned out to be a severely, um, uh, what they call it, uh, burst blood vessel, right. which swelled my leg up and my leg went to black colour. So it wasn't broken, but I had to have a week off work. So I lost a week's wages. wages. And when I went to the front of the committee, they were, and I said, well, if I, if you don't look after me, you know, after all the promises, I'm walking. Yep. So, uh, they, yeah, I think they gave me a bit of cash just to, to bide me through.
0: But otherwise you weren't being paid per se. Oh, no. No, got nothing.
1: No, no.
0: That 72 season, like you said, you'd been scoring some goals and, and initially you were selected in the uh, an Illawarra squad who yeah, yeah, at that point in time as the train-on squad were potentially either going to Tasmania, yeah. New Caledonia or Queensland. It ended up being Tasmania. Tassie, yeah. And, um, you know, you were amongst them. like you've mentioned some of these names before about yeah. heaven... Henderson, Banks, um, Hancock, Shuttleworth, Critcher. Uh, yeah.
1: Dennis Morris, Paul, Paul Landrigan. You know,
0: yeah. Lanyon, you know, Stewart. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kevin Smeed, Kel Potter. Yeah. You know, Halbrough, um, Mullen. So yeah. it was a great train on squad. So um, yeah. did you have training sessions Yeah, as I, part of the training I on I squadron. remember Paulie,
1: Paul Landrigan used to pick me up. And right. that's when I, I sort of got to know Paul. He's yep. another top guy. I remember a particular trial game, a game against ourselves. Right. Because, you know, there was 30-odd in the squad, so we had yep. to. And actually, I was banging a few goals, and uh, I got into trouble off Bobby Young for not passing the ball. And I thought, what? That's all I'll say about that. Yep. Oh, that yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: And so, based on, like you said, that trial and, and what, bob thought of you not passing you you weren't selected in then in the team i were not selected to but to the way Australia. it
1: seemed a lot of the the teams that were selected uh with guys that were still involved in the semi-finals. semi-finals yeah uh because i thought not talking about myself i'm not saying whether i deserve to or or not because they had some damn good players in that team i thought kevin's to me should have been selected but that's what makes me think that fairy meadow you know because kevin was a was a teammate. And I think he should have been selected in that.
0: In that. Was it still, uh, although not selected to go to Tasmania, was it still a highlight to then be recognised and then thought of in, in that way?
1: Yes, yes, it, it definitely was. And I remember the day that they uh, announced a squad. I was sitting on the hill at Memorial Park um, watching Fig Tree beat Boulambi in the grand final. And uh, so that was too two things that sort of touched me not making it i felt disappointment yep but i still hadn't got feeling I, I wasn't and also watching figgy win when i wasn't part of it when i could have been you know yeah so um yeah it was bittersweet in a way uh,
0: that um grand final you were there watching it um sometimes uh not normally in these podcasts, usually you're talking to players that are, play, are playing in a grand final, but you're watching one. Um, mm. It was a controversial uh, oh, yes. grand final. Yes. Can you tell me why it was controversial? And I think victory uh, ended up winning by two goals to one.
1: Yes, yeah. Well, it was the first and only time they used a round robin. And there's, you know, yeah. there's, amongst all that, there's actually... So you
0: play your league season, and then afterwards... The, you're top, the four, top four play each other...
1: In the round-robin yes, series? Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. And it's points for and against, against and all that. And there was strong speculation, and it definitely looked like it, that Boulambi, who, who... Won the league? Who were going to look like, you know, would, they'd beat Bull Eye, I think. And they they were in the... They played victory into the grand final. Right. And, and in those cuttings that I have, even the coaches are saying... Who, and there's a uh, headline saying, who killed round-robin after <laughs> it? Because, yeah... I think Belandi, because I saw that game, actually played. Uh, victory needed a draw, and they gave Victory that draw.
0: So there was no semi-finals to no, say se. no. the round robin, then decided yes. the one Top and two, two to play yes. in the grand yes. final.
1: Went into grand final.
0: So, the grand final itself, um, what was it like? It... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Think turned it on. obviously
0: were the favorites. Oh yes,
1: yeah, massive favorites. Uh and and plus they lost Wally, Wally Miller the captain coach with a dislocated shoulder. Yeah. in the game. And I always remember Wally coming back uh <laughs> to uh accept the trophy with his shoulder sort of uh but that was brilliant that, um, these days that,
0: that probably wouldn't happen. It would was it? a
1: case of the underdog rising to the occasion and yeah. and and Maybe Balambi going in there too confident, and then being outplayed because they actually done it fair. They were winning two 0 I mean, it was the the last goal was was a late consolation goal for Balambi.
0: That Balambi team um, in that era as well, they'd had I think it was seventy one, seventy two great State Cup runs. Oh yeah, yeah. So yes. for yourself, um, what made them a, a good team?
1: I think they were what Fig Tree became, a very close-knit team right? with with good players. Yep. Um, and the coaching too, you know, uh, Bobby Young was, was, was coach, and even though I sort of didn't gel with him, yeah, he was a, a damn good bloody coach. But they just had this, and they, they seemed to have a settled team. Year after year after year, they, and that was the same as Bulleye. Yeah. And, and Coromel, they seemed to have the same... And they might add one player, and and it you know, and and that was the same as when when victory became a strong force later, later on.
0: So it wasn't necessarily just about um, people's abilities, but the relationships they formed off the field and on the field. Yeah, by being yeah, together it, quite
1: yeah, a lot. yeah, yeah, yeah. They seem to have that same bunch of players there, you know. Uh, so the more you play together, the better you gel. The you know, the better you get, The better understand, uh, and so there.
0: Seventy-three. You, you went back to Figtree who are now, uh, who are still being coached from the previous year by Wally Miller.
1: Um, how
0: did that move come about?
1: Wally went knocking on my door, um, in Carter's Lane, and spoke to my father while I wasn't home, um, and and wanted me out there. Yep. Uh, and I said, well, don't worry about it because I'm going back anyway. <laughs> uh, the the, the only sticking point was that I've, I've never driven. I'm one of the rare people that I'll ride a push bike, But Wally said, don't worry, I'll pick him up. I'll pick him, you know.
0: <laughs> so where was Wally coming from to pick you Boy up? I. Pick okay, Boy so he I, was yeah. on the way through. Anyway. He was on the way through.
1: And if not, one of the German, uh, there's a German fellow, Udo, that used to pick me up that lived just up the road. So, yeah, so I was always going to go back to Figgy. Uh,
0: you had a successful season in 72 on the sort of, brink of uh, being in the Illawarra squad, but that 73 season... That was a big tree, were third, you scored 29 goals, and in most seasons that would be top yeah, goal scoring yeah. material, but that Ach. year Wayne Ronald scored a, a couple more.
1: Yeah. I, well, actually here it says I've got 26 goals. I won't dispute that, but, <laughs> but I, got, I, got, I and... got a record nine goals in one game oh. against... A 15-year-old thrashing of EPT.
0: <laughs> Can you, even though it's probably demoralising for EPT, um, <laughs> uh, what do you recall of scoring I goals in sc- I, game? I, I could have scored 20. That would have been I could have
1: scored 20, easy, because I was getting breakaway after breakaway and I lost ideas of how to go around the keeper or beat the keeper. And I remember actually getting one breakaway and the defenders just gave up. And somebody had been treated with the ice bucket just before and as I'm breaking through from the halfway line, I'm getting hit on the head with these ice cubes because this guy's picked up the ice and he's, he's pegging it at me. So. But yeah, I could have scored... Dull. I'm not proud of that, mate, because I missed heaps.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a striker would say that, but nine goals is still a rare thing. Yeah, threat. yeah. <laughs> so that, that um that squad that you were playing with that year in 73, you had uh, Margerison, Robard, Ryrie, Potter, um, Edwards, Miller, uh, Brown, Henry. Um, where did the team roughly play position-wise that year? Uh, and where were you playing?
1: Well, I was up front, I'm, you yeah. know, always up front. I alternated between, uh, I think then, yeah, Robard's... Yeah, I was a central striker because Lukey Robards was on the right wing and I think Jimmy, Jimmy Riley was on the left. Um, did we have Stevie Royal then? Or? No, not at that no. point. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I was a central striker. The midfield was um, Eddie Hall. Yep. Uh, Marjo. Marjo, beautiful, elegant player. We had Martin Arrowsmith too um, uh, playing with us. He, he was the other, other forward. And uh, yeah, we played some bloody damn good good football that year, and I do remember the semi final when we played Balambi, and we we trounced them four nil, yep. and it was yeah it was uh, I got two goals in that game because I remember Lukey was on the right, he crossed over, and I was still a pretty skinny bloke he couldn't see him and he's yelling out where are you and I just came from around this defender and just tapped it in and yeah Luke <laughs> 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 but that was uh, yeah.
0: Because that was a, was that the game that got you into the grand final? Against Coramore, yeah. Because Belambi still at that time was super strong. So oh yeah, yeah. We, we trounced So them. a 4-0 victory, them, yeah. you must go in to the grand final with confidence?
1: Well, that's when I got the, the, the uh, story when I'm playing in the band on a Thursday night and the Mercury come down and <laughs> take a photo of me with a microphone and put a story in the... Yeah, the lead up to the grand final. <laughs> and uh, I think it was Teddy Drain, the coroner coach, said, well, Sarah is going to be singing for his supper. <laughs> I hope he knows a few sad ballads. And, and it turned out to be true. But there's a story behind that, which, uh, which is a pretty good one.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get to that. Um, uh, what do you recall of the grand final? Because when reading the article from Phil Murphy... Um, you were up 1-0, but he, he, yeah. said, he said it should have been 4-0. Yep. Um, yep. What do you recall
1: of it? Flat. Absolutely flat. The
0: whole team? Or?
1: The whole team, and there's an absolute reason. We ran out of steam. There's right. a reason for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that reason is that uh, Wally decided to have a team get-together before the game at Western Suburbs Leeds Club. Yep. Back in those days um there was no sports nutrition or yep. you know take this before a game so wally said we'll all get a big steak so we had t-bone steaks <laughs> and and the whole works i'm not blaming anybody all because it's just part of <laughs> yeah uh yeah so um a couple of hours later we're playing in a grand final and we've got gut I got full of stakes, and you know, because I've never felt so flat in a game. And then, then the other story that comes out of that was the boys got a card game going, and uh, it was Luke Robards of course, <laughs> uh, that's got it going. And then Wally's up. He goes, "It's time to go." Luigi said, "Oh, hang on, Wally." He said, "We'll be finished the game in a minute." And Wally, "What's more important, the game here or the game at Cornwall?" And Lugie said, the game here, Wally. <laughs> and Wally looked at him and went, up your ass, you said, walked out as a club. Luke, we better get going. But no, that was, yeah, that was oh, terrible. So, you know, uh,
0: flat, like you said, you still had some chances there early on. So. Yeah,
1: and then until the stakes kicked in, I think. But that's yeah. just, that's a personal thing. Yeah. But, you know, I just felt so... Yeah, I do remember, I think Marjo scored an absolute brilliant goal, a drive from about 30-odd more yards to put us ahead, and uh, we just run out of, I think we'd just run out of, uh, you know, we'd had that many chances, and I don't even know if I had a chance, I don't remember much about the game, to tell you the truth, apart from disappointment. So it was
0: pretty, obviously, and I've been in losing grand finals, uh... In, in different grades and mm. at, at, at Bargoony, and it's uh, it's always shattering. But yeah, um, yeah, does it still um, uh, as it does with me? Does it still sit with you? Uh, mm-hmm. That sort of grand final that maybe if those things change, or you just think the result possibly would have been the same.
1: If we hadn't won in seventy six, I would have been disappointed in yep. having played in three or four grand finals and not won one. Yep. But when we get to seventy six, yeah. that was a, that was.
0: Uh... So uh, seventy three. Uh, again, you had a stellar season in terms of goals and whatnot, and and you were once again part of an Illawarra squad that was uh, selected to play games against New South Wales under twenty three and um, uh, the Australian World Cup squad. So, um, what do you remember of uh, the players you were? training with and, and, and a game and, and who was coaching?
1: Well, to tell you the truth, I don't ever re- remember training with that yep. squad and something happened because it was... Um, the only game that we played was against New South Wales under twenty three. Right. Uh, and it was out at Coromel and it wasn't Adrian Ringland who was coaching that. Yep. It was Tony MacDonald. Okay. I think who had been a referee uh and also Coach berkeley uh with tony tony tried to get me out to berkeley yeah and he also there was always people knocking on my door when i lived in a flat on my you know single man in, in fig tree and it was from shell harbour tony was coaching shell harbour then so he wanted me to go out he was always chasing me and and we'll talk more about that later because i must have broke his heart a bit later on but he had a he had a pretty high opinion of me and i i like tony tony was was a, a beautiful english guy
0: yeah supposedly he was a sort of uh, a fitness freak and yes yeah and um a very uh disciplined man
1: yes well actually um i was running i wasn't much for pre-season training but uh I was running, I thought I'll, I'll go go for a, a run and uh, I'm running up towards Mount, um, Mount Kembler yep. and uh, this car pulls up and it was Tony McDonald He said, I never thought I'd see the freaking day. <laughs> 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 Those,
0: um, even though the year before was just a sort of game against um, sort of potential train on, a squad members, and then you had that game against New South Wales under-23s. What was it like playing with the best of the best in the district? It was good, because I do
1: remember that um, the other striker was um, uh, McLeod, Donnie McLeod. Yep. Uh, Banksy was, was playing there. It, it was good. It was, you know, I won't rave about it, because we got thrashed. I think <laughs> we, got, we got done 4-0. But just to be to be called up into a into a rep squad. But the the thing back in those days, you there was a lot of socialising between teams. Teams. So you knew Donny, say from drinking at Caramel Lee, or you knew Banksy from you know, and and everybody saw that sort of still. So there was a closer camaraderie. Oh mate,
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I've had nights out with Barry Stewart from Berkeley. Um, and I really got to know Barry when we were training in the Illawarra squad uh, under, under uh, Bank, Mr. Banks. And, uh, yeah, I had nights out with Larry Gaffney. And all, you know, it's just bump into each People other in mixed. the club and let's go for a drink. And we end up at Barry Stewart's bloody butcher's shop at 3 o'clock in the morning and he's, <laughs> he's stealing meat. And, and then we're back at my flat cooking it up. And, you know, just things like that. Everybody had a, you know, had a... Uh, you had the ones you didn't like so much, and I suppose I She's might have been old. in somebody's list on the other. <laughs> <laughs> We're
0: all in different people's lists, I guess. Uh, 74 was a disappointing year. and, and Yes, it, yes. Uh, Wally, you're he, still a fig tree, and, and Wally's still the coach. Only just.
1: But, yeah? Yeah. And why was that? Uh, I, I met some guys from Winuna. Okay. And I was also getting sick of working night shift. Because you were a miner, is that right? A miner at that stage, yeah. Working night shift in the mine, playing and still playing music. I think. No, no, I, I just st- stopped. Uh, and the travelling was getting me down, so I thought, yeah, maybe if I if, if I uh, try and get a transfer. And and it was a time when the World Cup was on, when Australia made the. Yeah. And I was watching the World Cup with the Winona, with some of the Winona guys and you know, became quite friendly with them and Fig Tree was losing a bit of its, you know, luster. And anyway, so I put in for a transfer and Fig Tree wouldn't give me one. So it went to, Winona put in a, uh, an appeal and eventually uh, I got a transfer. But this was the first year that when you signed on, it was, wasn't just a yearly contract, it was a contract. Right. So, and I didn't know nothing about that, but it was a, a binding contract with the club. So, anyway, uh, Fig Tree knocked me back. Winoona put in an appeal uh, and I got a transfer. So, I played two games for Winona in reserve grade. Yep. Uh, and I think it was Paul Hancocks that was the first grade coach. Yep. And I finally got. My first grade debut and a word came through that Figtree had put in an appeal, which was successful, so I couldn't play. So then Figtree put <laughs> I became the first player to have a transfer uh, fee put on me. I think it was about five hundred dollars or something. Extraordinary. That's but a back in money. back in that day that was <laughs> that was big money. <laughs> and so anyway, I I went back to Figtree. I do recall, over that season, scoring the best goal that I've ever scored in my life.
0: Who was it against? And uh, it was against
1: Bulambi. We got beat 2-1. Uh, it was a long ball from halfway, which dropped over my head, Yep. outside the 18-yard Are box. we at
0: Harry Graham? or Elizabeth? Harry Graham.
1: Yep. It dropped over my head, and I hit it on the volley. So it's dropped oh. over, and I've gone, hit it on the volley from, from an angle, and it screamed in the top corner of the net. And I thought... And I remember Larry Gaffney was watching that game too because it was a Sunday game. And he said, mate, that that was incredible. It was was one in a million. Everything just sort of connected. (laughs) But uh, that's all I remember so much about that that year.
0: So, uh, obviously, um, even though there was appeals put in and and transfer fees, you still, I guess, had the maturity to come back into the fold, so to speak. Yeah, we shook hands and and went back, yep. Yeah. Uh, do you think, um, was there any, like you said, um, you ended up eighth in a 12-team comp mm. after being highly successful the last two years as a victory club? Uh, could you put your finger on why the club wasn't as successful?
1: Well, maybe other teams had improved. Yep. Like, um, maybe, I'm not too sure. We, we don't seem to have had... I think Eddie Hall wasn't playing, so we'd, we'd lost a few... Few of those, um, I think Jimmy Hurdley had also gone. Yeah. So I think we'd lost a few of those, those, those rock sort of solid players. Place, yeah. and, but and it was maybe a rebuilding because we had blokes like Robbie Noakes and Paulie Cole and, uh, and and that coming up through the juniors. Um. So yeah, I think it was a combination. Plus players were feeling a bit flat or. The year of 75, you stayed with Fig Tree. Did, yes. you,
0: did you contemplate moving? Or no, did you, no, no. No more. I never
1: contemplated moving anymore.
0: That, yep. that, was, that was... And and Wally was fine with, yep, you know, yep, what yep, had Wally, happened?
1: Wally's, Wally's great. So that year, um, Unanderra
0: under Casey De Bruin were the standout team. Yes. Um, Fig Tree made the semis. Um, yeah. And obviously... Um, had a, a good enough year in the semi-final series to, to make the grand final against you. Yes. at Memorial Park. Uh, yep. uh, what do you remember of that year and the grand final?
1: Another heartbreak. Yep. The year, we, we played some pretty good... Because uh, you beat Yundera a couple of times. We beat Yundera 2-0. I got both goals in that game, and it was a record... It was a 2,500 crowd at Harry Graham Park. Uh, and, and just... Uh, uh, local Derby. Sorry
0: to interrupt there, but that's... Uh, a local derby and um i guess harry graham has a creek on one side yeah so yeah. um this is a small ground as well yes yes so two and a half thousand yeah. is uh
1: it was a big an extraordinary number it was a big crowd yeah sorry, yes. sorry Steve. that's all right but i do remember um got the, the newspaper cutting there that it was two of the more typical goals that i scored uh Nothing spectacular, just being in that right place. Re- at right yeah, point. right. Yeah, just tap ins, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that was that was a good result. Yeah,
0: and so you beat them in the semi-finals to go into the yes, grand final, yep. and so they were the league champions. So you must have gone in with confidence. Yes. Um, yep. And in front of probably I think it was around two two thousand three hundred to twenty four hundred people at Memorial Park. What do you remember of the three one loss?
1: Uh, once, once again, it, it was heartbreaking. This time, maybe we played the grand final week early. Um, and also, I think Unidera's last couple of games, they had nine goals scored against them the oh. last comp game. So I think they, they sort of, it was a wake-up call for them. Right. The catalyst was that in the, in the major semi, we kept Larry Gaffney quiet. In the grand final, he destroyed us. Right. and Barry Stewart two players that's the only only difference I think Larry Larry made the big dip and the other factor was our young midfielder George Young yep was getting married and missed out on the game so yeah I, I, I'm not making no excuse. we were outplayed so talk
0: a bit about um, specifically what made Larry a good player Oh, an excellent player.
1: Vision, grace, yep. yeah, poise, you know, smarts, yeah, the whole thing, skills, he, he, complete package. He Plus up, he was a beautiful guy too. He's yeah, he ended
0: up uh, in uh, playing a bit of uh, Federation and then went to NSL
1: went, and then... Went went to Brisbane yeah. uh, because actually we had one of our trips away, which we've got to get onto our trips away. Oh, we'll, we'll get onto that. Um he was playing up in Brisbane, and, and Figgy was going on their, their end of the season trip to Brisbane, and linked up with Larry. So Larry ended up coming to our hotel, and <laughs> yeah, he's a beautiful guy.
0: And you talked about George Young then. Um, yeah. What sort of player was George, if
1: George, quite achiever. yeah, yep, beautiful. Yep, yep. We'll get when we go to '76. We'll we'll talk about that team because. <laughs> yeah, exciting that
0: that one um, before we move on to 76 um, you did have uh, Wayne Ronald join the club Ooh, in yeah, 75 so when you have two bikes that score a lot of goals how was it like working with him in the same well, team
1: just recently I was at a soccer reunion and Larry Barringer has got a great memory even though he was a lot younger a kid yeah. back then he said fig tree uh, uh, arguably had the four best strikers in district. Myself, Ronalds, Steve Royal, and then Robbie Noakes. Yep. And we were all vying for a couple of years for that, yeah. those spots. Uh, Wayne, Wayne was different. Wayne was, he wanted to be the dominant striker, which yep. is fair enough, because Wayne was big. Yeah, he was a big guy. Aggressive. And he didn't run, he galloped. And uh, the goal he scored against in the major Sammy. I put him through a gap and he just knew where to run onto it and hammer hammer the you know hammer the goal but it could be awkward to sort of you know get a but but if you knew his game I became the the minor striker yep. and fed way you know he had the height and, and the whole lot so I didn't mind that and plus we were playing four forwards anyway so uh, yeah Wayne, Wayne was good mate his nickname was Donut. <laughs> <laughs> and, and can we ask why? I think Luke Robards gave it to him. I don't know <laughs> because he, he might have been a bit. <laughs> <I don't. laughs>
0: and, and what about Stephen Royal as well?
1: Stevie Royal. Because uh, he came to the club that year. Stevie Royal, mate, was an absolute terrific bloke to play with. I enjoyed playing with Jan Cooper and Noxie, but stevie royal mate we had a telepathic even years later we played in a benefit game when we'd retired yeah. uh, um we still had that you know like somebody passed me a ball and i know royally's run and i just flicked it and royal has gone through and you know it was just that yeah beautiful guy create a funny bastard but uh, <laughs> for a bloke that didn't drink all he drank was coca-cola mate but oh my god yeah, he gave him the name Lobster. But mate, <laughs> no, he was good, fast. I don't think he was too good heading the ball, but I think uh, I headed the ball better than Roy Lee. But he mate, he was fast. He was, yeah.
0: Because I think he, um, from memory, had some time with Balgani in the Federation. He started off at Balgani. and then yeah. uh, ended up at Ferry Meadow there
1: uh, later on, maybe. Uh, he went to Corrimal. I think under when Wally uh, in the eighties, early eighties. Yeah, I'm sure. Wally I think he did go to Corrimal. It, yeah.
0: 76, let's talk about it because it was mm. a, a great year for Fig Tree. Um, Wally was the coach again. You had a great squad. Um,
1: That's it, squad.
0: Although, squad. although um, you know, Tarawana were a, a super strong team in the league champion. Yeah. So, what do you remember about the league season and then the semi final series? Well, to
1: start that year off, um, Wally started to play mix and match strikers. Right. Like we, we qualified for the final of the Colomalee uh, uh, from knockout yep. up against Winona. And we absolutely annihilated them 6-0. But he started me on the bench, All Right, started Wayne Ronalds and then put me on in the second half. Uh, so he had that, this, uh, that stage of the season, he started, you know, mix and, and matching. Action. Yeah, because I remember starting that year off with two games in reserve grade, and I scored a hat-trick in, in both games. When I've looked at that stat sheet that yeah. you had, I played a few games reserve grade through that year, but I also scored 20-odd goals or something. Yeah, you So, but then at the end of that season, Wayne was completely out of it. So it was me and Royal, he said, but Wally would do that, you know, he'd, he'd sort of, he used to call it his dirty dozen. <laughs> he'd, he'd, you know, and the bloke that was number 12 would have the cause he because yeah. he, he, he didn't get a game in reserve grade or, or something like that. But yeah, his dirty doesn't. But uh, yeah.
0: Tarawana were the league champions. Mm. Um, what do you recall before we talk about the semi-final series and, and the grand final, what made them a, a successful team?
1: Oh, mate, they had class. Uh, plus, plus Gary Tuckerman, the, the captain coach you know, who'd played first grade for, for safe uh, South Coast United yeah. and that, yeah. Fast. Uh
0: At what position did he play? For he he like? was in
1: in the back four. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they had a well balanced team. They they were they were a fairly small team. Right. Uh the likes of Johnny Cropper and uh the, the strikers McDonald, uh Johnny McDonald and uh Miller. Little yep. stri- yeah, Gordy Miller. Uh David Naylor. They, yeah, they weren't a real big, where, where Fig Tree, mate, they, all their forwards were six-footers, yep. out at Figgy, so I don't know whether it was physically, I don't know, but they were they were fairly small, but, but mobile, to, very, very fast, yeah.
0: So going uh, in the league season, had you defeated them, or? I can't remember, I, cannot, I honestly cannot remember. And was it you guys or Tara that got to the grand final first? It was us. because
1: we beat Tara in the major semi right yeah
0: so let's talk about the grand final
1: the major semi first oh you want to oh yes oh Oh, yeah let's do it Uh, 5-0 in front of a big crowd out at Balls Paddock absolutely the best I've I've ever been involved in a football you guys versus Tara yeah Yeah. 5-0 and and what what was uh, were you just hot that day or yeah red hot red hot they were they were pretty pretty bad yeah. yeah yeah well i don't know we, it was one of the they, i don't think any team would have lived with that the way we played that day it was just it was you know it was unbelievable yeah, yeah. so um although it's not a green final
0: but it's an important game that gets you to a grand yeah. final uh, what's the thinking at the club because you'd had some disappointments. Oh, yeah, big time. So, and, and you weren't there in 72, <laughs> so you hadn't had the sort of highs of a grand final. No, so, no so, what were you thinking going three. into grand final week?
1: I was actually crapping myself. I was yep. a bag of nerves. Uh, down the road from the flat where I lived in Fig Tree was um, us and a half, Terry Hurley. Yep. Uh, mate, we used to call him Bionic. He was near 40 years old he was an absolute because he was
0: a former professional oh, and, mate, what and a, he played federation football oh mate it.
1: yeah he had scars all over him and he was an absolute because he p- was in your defense oh yeah back yeah yeah he was our hard man yeah and he he picked me up to take me out of the game and you know i was packing and he said oh, oh you've got nothing to about where, right? You know, he was just such a calm and bloody influence. And, so even little
0: things like that make oh a mate, difference. Yeah. Like him in oh, the car it, taking you to the taking game, taking
1: me there and, and calming me down because I, I, I was in a lot of games. I, I was yeah, nerve I, yeah until I started playing, but yeah. I was packing it. I was packing it. Now you are driving would... out of the ground. You can see all the all the supporters and uh, and that driving out there and yeah. I was packing it but he calmed me down because he was like i said he was was it he's did wally
0: get him to the club or i'd say so
1: come? i'd say wally wally would have had that connection or maybe because he lived down the road from me and Figtree, maybe it was yeah yeah i oh, don't gosh, know he, he came to the club because he was one of the big gets for the time oh, yeah that you, yeah yeah
0: so the game itself three two um how first half second half what
1: was it like well there was a lot of controversy um And talking to several of the Tarawana players on Facebook, and they reckon they were ripped off, which they would. Uh, There's a bit of a conspiracy theory that because George Naylor was um, refereeing uh, and his son had been, yeah, that he was fair. And but and one of the goals was off. But I I just think it was, yeah, we. uh, It was uh, our destiny. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, who scored that day? And... Stevie Royal got two, uh, and I think Ian Potter got one. Yeah, yeah, and I think I laid on Royaly's uh, one of Royaly's goals. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure that was it. Or no, see, Yeah, Stevie Royal did get two because Stevie Royal and Potter got like man of the match. Uh, uh, oh, well, there's a photo of them in there somewhere with the trophy. What were their sort of order of goals? two nil two one so it was pretty neck and neck yeah it was two all at once yeah Uh, yeah it was pretty neck and neck it could have been a late late winner the one that was uh, they reckon was offside yeah the decider yeah
0: and what was it
1: like final whistle the elation well we had a uh (laughs) the funny thing is like we're singing in a band and stuff like that I had the Rod Stewart haircut, okay, so, and Gary bloody, uh, Graham Edwards, the goalkeeper, I didn't know this until I went to his memorial, yep. behind the back, he used to call me Stod Ruitt. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, but, okay, our song was Tonight's a Night by Rod Stewart, ain't no terror gonna stop us now, <laughs> and that, we sang that till we were hoarse. <laughs> yeah, Davy White, the the right fullback, and that reminds me to this day, tonight's a night. Every time something's on Facebook, tonight's a night. Ain't no terror gonna stop us now. <laughs> and uh...
0: <laughs> so, for yourself,
1: like you spoke about before, it's
0: your first grand final mm. win, uh, it must still remain uh,
1: pretty high up in the accolades that you've
0: accumulated in in
1: the game. It was look to to. Be part of that, that team because the competition for, for spots in that team was was a, was a knot because arguably to me it was one of the best teams you know it was virtually a perfect the midfield uh, George Young Ian Potter uh, Terry Stewart uh, Jimmy Stewart sorry uh, and then you, you, your experience in the backs uh, centre backs between Wally and, and Terry and then the pace of the guys that we had up front. And was
0: it Kel in goals? Uh, Kel Potter in goals? No, Wall Dave State Thomas. Thomas. David
1: Thomas, yeah. Yeah, Tammy Thomas.
0: So um, obviously uh, celebrations went uh, long into the night and to the weekend.
1: And they also went with us up to Brisbane uh, for our end of the season trip away. And that's the year that Phil Murphy went with us. <laughs> and uh, the thing is, getting back onto the trips... Um, yeah integral part of Fig Tree was the, the social life, the trips. Uh, we used to go to wineries yep. um, and end up sampling all the free samples, and all, you know, we used to get a bus and we'd be rolling drunk on the way back. And we had pre season game always against Walls End. Um, oh, a, a famous
0: club in Newcastle?
1: Walls End, Cardiff were, were very strong comp. And for some reason, I used to turn it on against walls end and they offered me a contract right. to play up there this would have been probably 70 75 right and uh, they offered me five thousand dollars sign on fee plus a job in the coal mines up there to sign on for them did uh, you think about it uh i did but my fiance at the time didn't want to move to move yeah yeah so i but then we also uh we never lost a game against Warwick. We played, I reckon we played them three times. We, we drew once and beat them twice. And then we also had games in Queensland every, yeah. at the end of the year on the Friday night before we hit there. And that was against Brisbane City. Um, uh, Wynnum Manly, I think it was. And the year that Phil Murphy went up with us, we, we played the game and we, we just continued on from the, the grand final success. Wow. And just absolutely, you know, we never lost a game, one of those trips away games. And, uh, yeah, it was... And, and Phil actually wrote a report, a soccer report, about and sent it back to the to the Mercury, yeah.
0: So do you think, um, we spoke before about that Bolambi team, and, and do you think it was just a coincidence that all these guys, you all got along and and were very skillful as well? or Or do you think, you know, people like yourself worked hard at, at being socially good amongst the players and, and becoming friends and getting... Oh,
1: the, I had my arguments there. That's, yep. that's George Young. <laughs> George, I said to George Young uh, just recently, I said, oh, George, he said, do you want a be This is at uh, Graham Edwards. Uh, yep. He said, oh, Steve, do you want a beer? I said, no, I, I gave up. I haven't had a drink for, for 15 years. And uh, he said, oh, why? I said, oh, because... It just didn't agree with me and and stuff yep. like that. I said I wish I'd have done it uh, when I when I was playing soccer, mate, because I was a bit of a. a s- <laughs> <laughs> George said you're still a bit of a. <s-> <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think it just came. It, it was the the thing with Fig Tree, that that social that that and and when we get on to the, the Phil Carr coaching when I I yep. made a come sort of yep. a comeback after music, uh, yeah it. it We'll talk about that team, you know that that thing that made Fig Tree such a.
0: Well, it still exists to this day in in the catch up the catch ups that you guys have. So yes, yes, it speaks yeah. volumes of what the club was about. Yes. So seventy seven, uh, Wally left, and uh, Adrian Ringland took over. So, um, uh, what were your were you thinking? Yep, definitely staying. No, no knew I if, never knew never, never
1: never ran past my mind again about leaving. Figgy, was it disappointing?
0: Do you? Do you know why Wally left, or was it just... Well, long? I
1: think it might have been, God, have a break, because he yep. still played. He didn't yeah. leave the club. He was still still playing. Because he was 38 and yeah, 76. Yeah. Well, so. I suppose, you know, you think... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he, uh, I didn't know too much about Adrian at, at that stage. Same so. well. Yep.
0: Yeah. So the, the club uh, had a disappointing season, finishing sixth in a 10-team comp that year. Yeah, uh, but yeah. but you weren't too far out from from semi-finals. One point behind fourth, and yeah, two
1: points behind third, and three behind second. So it was a tight competition. That was that was sort of funny that year because we start. That was the first year of Premier League. Yeah, it was, and we were the first match of the round. It was you know, Coralman had a, a damn good team too. Good fellow, uh, Alan, Pick- you know, Piggott. So it's expected to be a, a tight game. We absolutely flogged them. Wow. I think, was it 6-2? 6-2, six six two. Two. yeah. I got a hat trick in, in that one, and I won the first player of the... Uh, it was a track suit from some place. I, I never picked it up. But <laughs> 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 couldn't wear it on stage. <laughs> it
0: must have been... Um a bit of a disappointment after the highs of 76 not to make the semis or, or were you sort of, uh, because in 78, 79 you, you didn't play soccer at all, mm. um, wasn't too bad for you because you, you were getting into the music scene? and Yeah,
1: yeah, well with my first band I was playing soccer and right. played at the Cabbage Tree. This was, uh... look, we might not have been too good on Adrian. To tell right. you the truth. Because Adrian had his... Totally different to Wally. Right. Adrian's a, an absolute gentleman. He's a beautiful guy. But me and Steve Roy used to give him hell. I mean, we... You know, we used to be smart asses and... You know, but in a friendly type yeah, of yeah. way. But Ringo was a a bit more of a... You know, like Wally was one of the boys. Most right. of, Ringo was different. Ringo was... My good player went in his day and beautiful guy and, I dare say, bloody damn good coach too. We, you know, but uh, I don't know. It's a damn shame, you know, when you think of it. Because I, I don't remember too much more about that season. Yeah. Uh, I do remember we kidnapped him uh, after training. Right. And that could have been Loopy Robards involved somewhere in that where we... Uh, we bundled, had a few drinks after training down Figgy Pub, and we bundled him into a car and drove him into Wollongong to the um, Crown Gardens nightclub, the old Head and Fingers, <laughs> what they called it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, heard the reunion, he said, I still remember that way. So, no, thorough a, a gentleman. So, yes. Because
0: uh... you had, a, I guess, a couple other plays. Um... You still had the normal guys, but Norm Norm Flanagan was and playing with you that year, and Bill yeah. or yeah. Yeah. So uh, it wasn't a bad team, if anything, cause the squad was still strong. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the end of that season, um, was it a pretty easy decision for you to then have the next two years off? You, you didn't. You into your music. You're a lead singer.
1: Yeah, in a band. My one regret is it's two years where I could, would have been at my peak. Yeah. Uh, and my other regret was I dare say that I'd let down Tony McDonald. Because Tony, he couldn't get me to play in his team, so he yeah. came to my team. I don't know, that's just, you know, that's <laughs> a weird sort of... And I didn't play. Because
0: that was 78 where he came in.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I didn't play for that, that year. So did he
0: try and contact you? and?
1: Yeah, but I'd, I'd made it... Uh, Pretty sort funny. of sort of pretty clear yeah um I'm, uh, we were traveling a lot in in this band we were sort yeah. of a rod stewart type sort of down the coast you know all over the damn place and and plus the uh, your band practice as well and i don't know just guess i i, I felt i needed a break yeah uh, i don't know but it, i do regret it i do I do regret missing out on those those two years.
0: Because yeah, like you said, being twenty seven and twenty eight years yeah. old, yeah. You, you... The only the only
1: upside is that we got to play at a couple of fig tree functions in front of <laughs> front of the club, and you know, when you, when I look at some of the old photos, I can see Tony McDonald on the dance floor dancing, <laughs> <laughs> he's probably giving me the finger. And that, but, <laughs> but no, I, I I felt I felt so I wish I could have really played played under under him yeah
0: the decision to come back in 1980 where phil carr and luke robard yeah. were were the coaches um how did that come about then
1: phil and lukey yep yeah phil and lukey did they yeah. hit you up or yeah yeah they they yeah 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 i, I was always going to come back anyway i was you know final hurrah yeah whatever it is that. And plus, my my body was uh, starting to let me down, mainly groin, right. groin strains, and and uh, yeah.
0: And what about that? I've asked a couple of guys, and clearly, it, it was a successful duo. Um, what were your thoughts on it when you initially heard that two bikes were coaching the team? Yeah. Um, it, it you know you had a lot of player coaches in your your era, yeah. Um, which was the norm. Um, mm. but to have the sort of Sometimes you'd have a main coach and assistant, but this was sort of a dual coaching role. Or yeah, what, yeah.
1: How did you see it play I, out? I, I thought it was pretty unique. I thought it was good. Yeah. Uh, because but Phil Carr was never a physical coach. He wouldn't don the Phil Carr was a tracksuit, stood there, arms folded, coach. Yep. He was the brains. Lukey was the one that would would be on there doing it with you. So uh, he so was sort
0: of the manager in the European mode, Phil was, and Luke was the, the case Exactly, team. yeah.
1: Kari was the brave. you know, yep. and Lukey was the, the, the other. And Luke, Lukey was a motivator. Yep. Lukey too, with the, you know, with his... You know, Lukey was the, 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 the smart talker, the, the con man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: what do you recall that season? Was it, was it hard for you to get into the season initially because you'd had two years no, up or you no, were just no, roaring no, to go?
1: Now, that might have been the year that I was put, sprung uh, running by Tony McDonald. Actually, when he pulled. <laughs> no, um, we we had a pretty successful start to that year because we won the Colonel Leeds Club Knockout. Yep. And so we got you know we got early early success, and um, the thing is, it was a whole new era of players like Brownie, yeah, Cooper. Um, Robin Oakes uh, and the young guys, Darryl Burley, Soxie, you know, and <laughs> it took a while, but I'd sort of, I became the the, the Carmen guy in the yep. team. Now, it used to be a, a thing where I'd get the young guys around my place on a Friday night and cook Chinese really? to keep them indoors. So oh. don't make the mistakes I did and be going out... <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah i became like the father <laughs> figure to a lot of these these younger guys uh stevie hile and yeah uh
0: because you had a like a, a nine game winning streak as well that year and so uh, oh
1: yeah we played we played a couple of um uh, one game where we absolutely trounced content, robert fryer uh and i don't remember this but uh they, they beat us 4-0 in the first round and then we we beat them five one or something, yeah. and, and uh, apparently Socksy, being weather, he said, "Oh, you gave Robert Fry a, a mouthful after <laughs> <don't have> that." <laughs> and that's a game where I said to Jen Cooper, "He's put this bloody ball uh, way in front of me. He's going runs, lobster, run." and I'd turn around and say Jack I haven't got rockets up my ass <laughs> and I'll do your thinking and you do my running that um,
0: year had been sort of culminating that Ferry Meadow were a, were a super oh, yeah, strong yeah, club yeah. Yeah. and um, you know we're now playing in the predominantly white with the, the red and green yes, and yes, the that's right. yeah, yeah. Uh, he's made the grand final um, it wasn't a great day no. Um, but it must have, uh, I guess, been a successful season in your eyes to come back and to be successful with younger group, new coaches, even though you might have lost 5-1. Yeah,
1: it's, um, it's got a bit of a story to it. That, yeah. and um, We actually drew with, with Fairy Meadow 2-all yep. in the first game. I think it was 2-all. It was a draw. And the replay was at Balls Paddock on a yep. Wednesday night. And um, we beat them 1-0, which put us in the grand, grand final. And I recall I came off injured. I had a uh, slight hamstring strain. And then reading the, the newspaper cut, so there was conjecture about someone's going to get dropped and someone's going to have this and that. And, you know, it was discussed that, that with Kauri and that that maybe if I didn't start yep. because of this... And if so, you came
0: on, you might have injured yourself and you lose. Exactly. Exact,
1: so yeah. Anyway, it was it was it was beat up in the paper. Yep. Uh, as, but no, it, it, I, I knew it was on the cards and that because I, I'd come off in that game. And while I'm sitting on the bench, I'm itching to get on. We're down three 0 Yeah. And 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 uh, when I when I I came on, my first touch was a with a header which hit the bar. Dropped down and Larry Barringer scored, so you know it's it put us back in the game. And, but they were just too good, just too good. Yeah, talk through some of
0: that um, Ferry Meadow team because they were, you know, the team that then and the club then went on to State League. But well, what made, what
1: you devanted divan- uh, Alan and uh, the Devaney guys, and Mickey White and uh, Steve Langford and Chilby and. You, t- you know they had they had class yep. they had experience where we were young we were kids yep but you know that was our our starting that was the start of the the, the, the daryl burley's uh, you know the guys that became the next the phil browns that became part of that fig tree dynasty in the 80s and the, you know it was a, it was a starting thing it was the, the new blood
0: and you spoke about it before, about the, the sort of friendships, the social aspect of Fig Tree. Mm. Uh, was it, do you think it's important that during those years, like the 70s, there was always the same sort of guys and then you were sort of still there or you'd come back when Phil and Luke had started coaching and, yeah. and these guys, they'd seen what had happened and what made things successful and so that was important?
1: Yeah, well, we attracted a lot of guys from other clubs because of that, that thing. And it wasn't about money. I personally think that money coming into district soccer killed a lot of clubs. Yep. I'll take the instance of Lysarts, that yep. threw money around them. Where are they now? Uh, possibly even Fairy Meadow, I don't know. Yeah. But Victory, when we first started off payments, we got $5. Uh, and if you didn't train, you, you got fined. And at the end of the year, most of the players owed the club money. Because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it was uh, the the dollar seemed to to change things where where victory the 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 great example is when victory got kicked out of yeah
0: which was at the end of that year
1: yeah victory got kicked out and not one player left
0: yeah it's extraordinary to
1: and to tell you the truth i'd not many people know this i'd signed for dapto really under the coach dick evans yeah I'd signed for Dapto, signed the patent. no, I didn't tell anybody, but yeah you know, as it was, Dapto and Fictory got kicked out, yeah, so Dick Because of their grounds. the grounds nothing closed. Yeah. Dick phoned me and said, "Look, I won't be coaching Dapto so if you want me to rip that contract up, I said, yeah, go ahead, yeah I'm not not interested in uh, playing anymore or or that you know so, so uh,
0: I guess it, that was it after after the grand final that you did dick evans get in contact with
1: you or uh well how did that, that It would have come a couple of couple of well no i knew i knew several i knew everybody you know yeah. like the, uh, dick evans was a i like dick and uh you know he must have heard i was contemplating retiring or right. or that and yeah. So you had made a decision
0: to finish up. Yes, yeah. He'd heard that. And yeah, thought, well, yeah, yeah. Maybe I can sort of convince yeah.
1: him, and he had. And maybe because I had those two years off in seventy-eight, seventy-nine. You know, it yep. was, you know. But as I said, my body was starting. to My groin was starting to sort, uh, let me down. So uh, easy decision then to
0: to then finish up because of that. But um, uh, but in in eighty one. Um, you then did play again. You you came back yeah, in, in yeah. the the second tier, the first division, yeah. to help Fig Tree in a young reserve grade team. Yes. So um, uh, was that just the motivation there that you still thought you had something left, but that you could teach teach a younger reserve grade, um, you know, a few tricks? Yeah, and was, be the senior member.
1: It was a bit of that, and plus the coach, uh, Bill Billy, Billy no Billy Burns in reserve grade yeah. coach, and that yeah. And so I, I I agreed to sort of to come back, but I do remember that a lot of my uh, uh, gains and that I was in that much pain afterwards, right? Uh, with this groin, that I used to I couldn't put any any pressure on my Jeez. um yeah, and so it it uh, yeah <laughs> I don't know if it'll last at first. I, I I do remember I did get a couple of. Cowrie did give me a couple of runs in first grade. Right. But I just wasn't, you know.
0: But you did play the majority of the year in reserve grade? Oh, yes, yes,
1: yes. Because
0: uh, first grade won the league and the reserve grand grade. final and reserve grade did as well. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the reserve grade grand final? Grade yes, grand final yes, and yeah. who were you playing against?
1: Helensburg. And where was this at? Uh, Berkeley. Right. And uh, we are sitting in the dressing room and Berkeley uh Hellensburg were playing a uh Eye of the Tiger. You could hear them oh, really? yeah, next to the Rev up song. And I just, you know, relaxed the boys. I said, mate, we should be uh, playing our song. I'd love to have a beer with Duncan and the now No, we flogged him. Yeah, yep. five one. Five one or five nil. Yeah. And I got a couple of goals. <laughs> so it was a I
0: guess a nice way to finish off your playing career then to
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. To, yep.
0: and, who, and who were some of the younger guys that you had in that team
1: Ian Wedridge uh, Pommy Dave uh, Dave McGordrick Mark Toole and uh, yeah uh, Phil Neely, Here's another one Dave Laidlaw was a big big detective yep. uh, Yeah.
0: Steve was it that, that year where you were playing in first division in reserve grade was it a an easy decision for you to then stick around as reserve grade coach um, when when the club went back to Premier League.
1: Yeah, well, I, I love the club. Yep, yep, yep. I love the club, and uh, I don't know who approached me who, to do the to do the job, but it might have been Phil. But uh, yeah, yes, uh, easy easy decision. I've never done it before, but I. You know, I knew enough about the game and tactics, and
0: yeah. What sort of coach were you then?
1: Uh, I could lose a temper. Yep. Or I could I could give it to them, um, but we three years got to two grand finals, uh, a minor premiership. But the thing is, my first game um, was they don't do it anymore. But it was the last year they played it the Bulleye seven-a-side knockout
0: right yep. uh,
1: that was an annual thing yep Fig Tree fielded two teams I had the B team now Guerrilla Wanderers beat our A team right and the bloke that done all the damage was uh, Anandas yeah, yeah. Roberto, Hernandez.
0: Roberto and
1: all he did was be, there was no offside or nothing all yeah. he did was Hang around the opposition penalty box like he'd lost a dollar, you know, looking. <laughs> to, and then getting the ball and bang, he, he killed our A team. So when we made the grand final, I said, okay, uh, my best defender was a kid called Nick McGuire. Yep. I said, I want you to wear him like a pair of pants. But yep. Even when he hasn't gotten the ball, I want you
0: to live in
1: his space. If, if he walks out, walk with him. And it worked. It put him right off his game, and we won. So that was my my first trophy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was pretty hard coaching fig tree the first two years yeah. because they had that many players that had come from first grade. Yeah. Oh, you know, and so it was pretty hard with all the egos. So you're um, like
0: you're talking more people that were disappointed that they should have been in first grade, being back in exactly, the exactly. Yep. But I could motivate, I yep. could,
1: I could do that. I could sort of motivate the guys and uh, and um, yeah, and give a pretty good team talk. I'd say that uh, yeah, the grand finals were were, were yeah. nailed by them because they're both talk penalty shooters. Well the
0: but first, first
1: one. There weren't penalties like nowadays. It was. You had five seconds or seven seconds, starting from halfway. Ah, okay. And you'd run.
0: So, what was the first screen final that you coached in reserve grade? Who was that against? Bulleye. Okay.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, we because a draw is a there was no extra time right. in in reserves, and a draw is a, a damn common result in any yeah. soccer. Game. So we worked on this penalty, uh, the, this thing. So you knew it was a possibility. So you exactly. So we worked it. on it, and the uh, the way that I saw it was you 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 go. You don't rush because we we would go and, you know doing a training with the clock to yeah. see. And um, my theory was okay. You drag the keeper wide. Yep. You know you don't go straight on. You, you drag him to the you, you know your preferred foot. Yep. Uh, and then uh, hard and low. And anyway. Um, Lo and behold, it's a penalty shootout. Uh, the players had nominated who wanted to take it, on. on the but yes. when, it, when it happened, it was a couple pulled out. As it was, Bulleye missed all. We scored one, and it was the only guy that went down and pulled to the side and hit it <laughs> <didn't> low. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: that was 82, the first one? That's right? the
1: first one, yeah, yeah
0: and then uh 84 who did you spy 82
1: as? 83 uh we played coromal and we got beat to all draw again and we got beat on a penalty shootout yeah. and then the next one you won no the next one the third year we made the semis but that was my biggest achievement i think because we had a team of battlers yep yeah and that was a three the three uh three years so
0: for yourself there like you said when you don't have i guess the quality of player the, yes yeah y- you feel that achievement even more so yes yes because yeah. you've got it's more so up to and you plus i was
1: blood in some young kids yeah you know getting kids from uh, and there's a kid on facebook oh he's a man grown man now but he still thanks me and that for for giving him runs and and looking after him and, and i don't really remember it but uh, he does you know and so um, it must have been,
0: I guess, fulfilling and, and being part of a great club. But um, why did you end up finishing uh, the coaching there in the sort of mid eighties?
1: Uh, we went. I went to watch a few games. Uh, I'd started shift work. Yep, which made it hard to coach. And uh, but then a bit, bit, few years later, we we had a family uh tragedies yep. which were which were pretty uh you know losing children uh mm. which which shorter you know 15 years were devoted to to girls that were that were uh my, my condolences that's all right you you deal with it you know you learn to deal with it and it makes you stronger actually
0: uh, yeah. for yourself um when you look back at say the fig tree club uh some of the committee people around because um, when you were around in the 70s and 80s, um, it's not just a strong club because of players like yourself or coaches like Wally or, or Phil or Luke, it's, it's because of the people behind the scenes as well. Yeah. So, so, who do you recall at the Fig Tree Club? Are, you know, some of the, the guys, men and women, that, that put in the hard yards.
1: Oh, mate, well, the the first one that I can recall are the are the likes of Desi Smith at Victory and uh, uh, Freddie Pompey, the Harry Poll, the, the the two uh Lyle Brown, yep. um, Green, Dave Green, that the, his father, mate. There's there's a lot of them. Uh, Alan Richardson, yep. um, I think later on, Brian Hastings, and and yeah, there's a, a lot of guys that dedicated there, there I, I apologize if i've sort of uh, missed any no, no, all... but uh yeah they were just uh just guys that got that um, ronnie alcock he's another one um jeff brown ronnie alcock mate he was uh he's the only guy that i've seen on a brisbane trip fall down two uh flights of, flights of stairs and still have his drink in his hand and <laughs> him and him and uh and uh, Jeff Brown had been drunk since the day we won the grand final against Tara. I think they were still uh, <laughs> kicking on, from kicking there. on, yeah. But uh, absolutely beautiful people, you know, just just uh, you know, legends.
0: And does that make it even sweeter that when you know sometimes you can have success at a club and and the people are still fine, but you don't, I guess, have deeper friendships? But for you when you reflect on this and coming into this interview, is is that what makes it even more uh, sweeter for you that oh, you had absolutely. great people around?
1: Absolutely. The mentors, were, you know, another um, fellow in the eighties, Donny, uh, Terzi, Turzis and his wife at the time, Rosemary. They were, Terzi was a great uh, shoulder to cry around that time. Uh, um, over per, some personal things, and yep. uh, but but what I picked up the the reunion that we had um, last year, the first first one, and you're bumping into people like Davey White and, and uh, Steve Royal, Brownie, it's Jan Cooper, it's it's like you you just continue on like it was yep. last week, putting <laughs> on each other and <laughs> hey lobster, hey lobster, hey rubber, you know, and just that. It's, yeah. it's just a, a a bond it's a it's a camaraderie you know it's um and it's seems to be like that with guys from other clubs it's That's you right. know talking to other clubs on 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 facebook and uh you know some wonderful people and uh while i'm here i'll, I'll, I'll mention barry scott and and tommy scott you know that were uh such good bloody referees and 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 with common sense that uh, my first one of my first games was against dpt and i had this bloke called costa uh hitting me in the back and pulling me and pulling my yeah. long hair and anyway we lined up for a free kick and uh he's kicking me and i just went whack with the elbow and hit him in the gut and being a bit of a show pony he hit the deck screaming and rolling around and tommy scott was a the referee, Barry Scott was a linesman and Barry Scott comes running on with the flag up and I thought, oh my God, I'm gone here (laughs) and as he runs past, I said, hey, hey, I said, mate, he was hitting me, he said, shut up, he said, I saw it, but it's not about that, it's about something else, so don't dob yourself in and I thought, that was common sense Yeah. and, and, uh, Georgie Naylor made every freaking game he'd say, hey, sorry, what? he said, I'll give you a bet you don't score (laughs) Said so, God, mate, you're the referee. For God's sake, <laughs> you, <man. laughs> you know and things, you know, just that rapport that you you, yeah. you had with with people in the game. It was uh, and and with Fig Tree, I don't know. It's a shame that 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 you know. I don't know what it is, or you know, the soccer's maybe the dollars, or people go from club to club to club. As, yeah. as, um, because we've all mentioned it. That, um, Reunions and that—it's just not, you it's know, not the same. same.
0: You've played with a lot of guys. Um, you've played against a, a lot of guys. Um, I know it's difficult to pick, but um, is there a couple of guys that um, I think you spoke about, Steve Royle? Yeah, yeah. Is there a couple of other guys that you really just had a sort of—you just knew each other's game, and it just worked really well.
1: Davey White, the fullback, good friend of mine. Georgie Young was great to play with. Yeah. Jan Cooper, all the, look all the guys I played with up front, it's different. Yep. different as anything, but you're smart enough, you work out how to work you know, you'll learn their strengths and and uh, Jan Cooper was, was was you know, he was unorthodox, but God he was effective. Terry Hurley Mate, without doubt, one of the hardest, hardest blokes, and I'm glad that he, he played in my team. Yeah. Uh, Wally, Christ, keep on keeping on. Uh, the only thing with Wally is, as he got older and started playing in reserve grade, he thought he was a winger. So <laughs> he called himself Wally Winger, and here he is, I think it's 40 years old. and He was slow as buggery trying to get up the wing, beating the player and beating him again and I used to say to him, Wally, get the f- back there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but players that I played against, mate, hard. Um, Kevin March, I think it was, Yeah. Jesus, he was, and Klaus Simovic yeah, from Coromel and Tollius brothers and uh, every team had a hard man. Uh, and it was
0: a rougher game back then as well. Oh geez, and, 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 and there
1: was no mandatory shin pads. <laughs> so <laughs> and and going up to Helensburg in the mid winter and absolutely getting trounced and kicked and but the saving yeah. part about that was they put the jugs of beer on back at the old Helensburgh workers and they'd be best of mates and but oh my god, didn't you? of bloody kicking up there and horrible red and black oh, sorry yellow and black striped <laughs> dirty looking shirt oh whole yeah and you'd have the likes of Klaus Sivabic and, but Rodney Luck he was, a, he was a gentleman clean beautiful player yeah beautiful guy
0: well Steve I'd like to sincerely thank you for um, getting me here to Penrose and, and allowing me into your house um, uh, we spent a lot of time online going through uh, your timeline, which has been fantastic, but it's even better and, and it's been brilliant listening to your memories. So I, I'd like to thank you for, for letting me do this podcast with you. And, uh, it's, it's just fantastic, so thank you.
1: It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Thanks again for listening and downloading episode 68. It is appreciated. Sincere thanks to Steve for the time he spent recounting his journey in the game and for allowing me into his home. I'm your host, Travis. Goodbye for now.